Hello, anyone out there who's listening? My name is Bill Hoy, and this is another Natural Law podcast episode on Anchor Spotify, episode number 58, and this is November 2021. My website is willhoy.com, W-I-L-L-H-O-E-Y.com. And once again, Natural Law, episode 58, and my name is Bill Hoy. And I'm just going to start by saying I watched a documentary the other day titled Mark Passio and the Science of Natural Law, and it's very good, and I recommend it. And... You can watch it on Mark Passio's website, whatonearthishappening.com. I'd suggest you check it out. It's a good documentary. In the documentary, different people are interviewed. Mostly looks to me to be like college students and college faculty, possibly. Um, it looked to me to be the setting was on a university campus, possibly Temple University in Philadelphia, I think Temple's in Philadelphia, maybe Drexel, I, I think it was, it looked, I saw some of the banners, it looked to be Temple, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it was, uh, it looked to me to be on a college campus, possibly in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, America, United States, and I, uh, I, I'm not going to do too many comments on, on this. I just want to say that while it was saddening to see the state of consciousness of many of the people who were interviewed, which absolutely is in line with the research that I've done and while many people will say, well, that's not a representative sample size as far as numbers wise. And I'll say that as far as these people's knowledge and what their answers were to the questions, I say it's absolutely representative of the American population at large and the population of the world. And most of these people were bifurcated in their knowledge and understanding of whatever they thought morality was and rights were. And they were asked questions, you know, what, you know, is morality objective? Um, do people have natural rights, stuff like that? Do people have the right to defend themselves? Um, is a human authority, like in the form of human rulership, legitimate and, and, Many, you know, their answers were, you know, many of them are, you know, they're in cognitive dissonance and their answers are contradictory and their knowledge and understanding of natural behavior laws is mixed up and, and I, you know, absent many, much of the knowledge of what natural law is and what rights are and all that stuff is absent. But and of course that would be very discouraging and but i 
I think it's, I take a positive note from it and I say that the people that were interviewed seem to be people to me, to be your average good intention person. And I think the, these people were people who, you know, don't want to hurt people and don't enjoy seeing people suffer and stuff like that. And really most, most of them were just, just a little bit off you know, they were close. And what does this say to me? It gives me, it gives me some motivation because I really think if we just get the information out to most people, most people, when they start to get the, the true information and they start to know and understand these concepts, I think people will start to align their behaviors with, with this stuff. I really do. I mean, these people, many of them were just close, just off a little bit. Watch them, watch the, 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 the documentary. And also I've mentioned this in the past on Mark, uh, Passio's website, What on Earth is Happening? Uh, there's a three part series of natural law, very comprehensive, six hours total, two hours each uh, part. And I would check that out. So, moving on. And I just want to mention from the start of my teachings, I have presented my overview of the description of natural law, and I put it out there like this natural law. The key to unlocking freedom and the preservation of Earth's life support systems. And from episode 48 on, I have been uh, readdressing, I guess, if that's an actual word, um, natural law over again. Um, I I've I wanted to go back over this again in more detail and present some more observations and discoveries I've made. Um, since over well over a year ago, since I made my uh, presentation of natural law and my first uh, couple podcasts, I wanted I, I felt I, I I would like to uh, elaborate more and and talk more about this about natural law. So I started in episode 48 going through the keys to unlocking freedom. And now I'm going these past couple episodes, I'm going through the key to unlocking the preservation of Earth's light support systems. And I'm going to finish that up in this episode. I'm going to be, I'm going to finish, finish this up, finish up the preservation of Earth's light support systems. I consider natural law as far as the way I teach it to be twofold as far as freedom and the preservation of our life support systems. And you got to have both. So I'm going to now go into a audio from Lyndon, former president Lyndon Johnson. And he's pretty much talking about climate engineering programs and this was a speech he gave at a graduation, I think in the early 60s, 61, 62. And I think Southwest Texas University, I think it was, it was a college graduation. And here's the speech. Listen to this. With the players of Fredericton, the 
foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. How about that, huh? Real nice. He who controls the weather will control the world. I mean, you know what? I'll just start first with um, the whole idea of the weather satellite to control the world's cloud layer. And I think he's referring to the ESSA program. E-S-S-A is the acronym. I forget what it stands for. But I started, it was, it, it, I, if I remember, it's one of the first things I studied when I started studying climate engineering programs. I think they are like satellites. They're satellites, it's a satellite program. And I think they were launching, they started launching these satellites in the mid 60s to the late 60s. I think the last one was launched in 69, started in like 65 maybe before 64 63 and lyndon johnson's speech was in like 62. so i think that's what he's talking about now as far as controlling the world i mean hold on a second here you know what are we talking about here since when i mean folks you heard that an american president is talking about controlling the world. What the fuck is up with that? Is that in the Declaration of Independence? Is that in the Constitution? Is that in the the writings of uh and the you know the 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 speeches of the founders you know George Washington Thomas Paine? Is that what this country was founded on? Controlling the world? Folks, got to wake up to this stuff. This is an American president talking about controlling the world, controlling the weather. He who controls the weather will control the world. Let's break that down as far as just quickly a, a, a natural law breakdown there. And of course, controlling the weather, that's a violation of natural behavioral laws. The weather, the weather, that's, that, that's the creator. The, the, that's, that's up to the creator. It's not up to humans to control the weather. That's a violation of natural behavior laws and then control the world. That's a huge violation of natural behavior laws. I mean, really, I mean, raving like a madman, like, like, uh, Dr. Evil, the the, the 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 bad guy from the Austin Powers movies, like like raving like a madman, like you would see in, in you know the bad guys of these Batman movies and stuff like that. An American president. Keep that in mind. Keep in mind that that's really what we Americans have become. 
we become a country that's about who's what we're doing whether we want to believe it or not we Americans are involved in controlling the world and the sad truth is most Americans I say subconsciously at least really don't want to give that up because that would mean losing a lot of creature comforts that's got it that's got to end but just the fact of wanting to control the world at all should be clearly alarming to anyone and controlling the weather to control the world and what does that mean I mean like if somebody some country does something that Americans don't like that they that we Americans go and cut off their rain and drought them that kind of shit look into look into uh, the the droughts that happened before many uh, of the recent countries that were invaded by us Americans in the Middle East look into the former president of Iran uh, I think it was Ahmadinejad uh, 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 I, I don't I forget his name but and I'm no fan of any ruler but he was on the floor of I think it was the United Nations and I'm no fan of them either that's a communist organization but the point I'm trying to make was he was noting that um, NATO weather modification programs were cutting off Iran's reign look into that and it's just bad news I mean that that's flat out immoral and many of the debunkers will say oh he's just ranting like a madman which is true oh he's just you know just wishful thinking and folks let me tell you something keep in mind that you have an American president who has access to nuclear weapons talking about wanting to control the world okay you, you got an American president who has access to uh, the largest military in the world talking about wanting to control the world whether even if he was just raving like a madman and we couldn't you know that that was that it's impossible to control the weather and all that stuff you still have an individual who has access to nuclear weapons you're talking about the ostensive commander of the the US military has ha, has an arsenal behind him and when I say ostensive I mean folks the real truth is the real commanders of the US military are, are really the commander-in-chief really is people of the likes of like Henry Kissinger and the secret societies who who give him his orders okay the president is just the 
And that's just for show. The president is just a puppet, ostensive commander-in-chief. But anyway, still, that's, that's a person who has access to weapons that could destroy the world, talking about wanting to control the world. That should be alarming enough. And once again, that's how, you know, that's how you fight against these debunkers and fact checkers. I'm not against fact checkers. Fact checking is fine. It's just a lot of these fact checkers are biased and, and power structure oriented. And the, the, the point is, is just when you have an understanding of objective morality, you can see, you can, I, I, always go to the bare minimum and that's the bare minimum the bare minimum is you have an american president who has access to weapons that could destroy the world talking about wanting to control the world i think that's fucking enough for me so keep that in mind so now i'm going to go to a clip uh from a once again along these lines here Talking about weather manipulation, weather modification, preserving our life support systems here. Climate engineering programs are destroying our life support systems. Huge violation of natural law. I'm going to go to this Ken Caldera audio. And Ken Caldera was a former scientist for the U.S. Uh, US government. And I'll let him tell you a little bit about what he did. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, this... You got to remember this was Ken Caldera. He was interviewed in a um, at a convention. So there's a lot of interference, a lot of other voices. It's loud. The audio is not that great. But hopefully you can make out some of this. But if, if, if you know, the audios, you could get this audio. You could go to geoengineeringwatch.org and, 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 and find this and listen to it. But I'll let Caldera tell you what he used to do for the for the U.S. government. I used to work at Lawrence Livermore National Lab, and I once participated in a meeting where we all sat around the room and thought about how could we manipulate geophysical systems to use it as a weapon. The meeting was about weaponizing geophysical intervention. That means, you know, could you somehow interfere in Earth functioning in a way that you could use it as a military weapon? Could you change climate? Could you, what could you do in terms of manipulating the sort of Earth's physical systems to as a weapon? Well, you know, some of the ideas were, were, okay, we could, maybe we could blow hydrogen bombs, you know, underwater, offshore, and make a tidal wave that would go over a city. And you know, the result was, well, isn't it easier just to drop the hydrogen bombs on the city? You know, that, that there, now you could imagine, though, say, putting pathogens in a cloud. Let the cloud uh, you know, go over somewhere and then would rain down on your enemy and create, you know, do chemical or term warfare in this kind of way. And that might work against something that I would say is big as the former Soviet Union, where you know, you could be pretty sure that within a few days that, that cloud would rain out.
All right, you heard it. If you could make it out, you know, the audio wasn't good, but um, hopefully uh, you can make out the most important parts of that. And, you know, this Caldera character, this is the kind of people that the U.S. government hires for their weapons to, to develop their weapons of death. And this individual, I mean, what, what strikes me the most about this individual is his demeanor and how he's talking about killing thousands of people. I mean, basically talking about dropping a bomb on a city, you're talking about killing tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of people. And he's talking about um, raining biological agents down on people, which will surely kill people. Like I would talk about going to the beach for the day and and getting some sun and going swimming in the ocean. I mean, this is the, I mean, it's very, very chilling. And if the audio wasn't good enough for you to really get a good sense of this character, go to geoengineeringwatch.org and on the, on the search, type in Ken Caldera and, and the article will come up. Uh, the article covers a couple of these geoengineers, uh, David Keith, one of them, where Wigginton uh, confronted him at a, at a convention, geoengineering convention. Um, and it also covers Caldera there. You might be able to get a little bit better audio, but I I'll tell you, I mean, I mean, here's this, here's this guy talking about just so nonchalant first, uh, you know, basically what, what the most important things that I picked up was him talking about, well, you know, we're, we're talking about putting a bomb in, in the ocean to create a tidal wave that'll go over a city, something like that. Um, but, and then he goes, but then, you know, eh, wouldn't it just be better to just drop the bomb right on the city? I mean, duh, makes sense, right? I mean, this guy's fucking sick. I mean, this guy's a fucking psychopath, dude. And, and and then he just talks about, yeah, you know, we're also, uh, you know, th this, this was Caldera's job um, to figure out how to inject uh, biological uh, like pathogens or, or viruses or agents or whatever into clouds so they could rain down onto a population. That's real fucking nice. Now, I, I, I want to be I want to let you know that I've talked about this in past episodes this individual works with Bill Gates now. Bill Gates called Caldera his his he's a good teacher, something along those lines. Keep that in mind. And just think about talking about biologicals raining down from clouds or being dispersed. I mean, how are you going to get those biologicals into clouds? They're going to have to be dispersed by aircraft. Not going to send a fucking balloon up there. Okay? They're going to be dispersed by aircraft. And think about, you know, how did this SARS-2 spread around the world so fast? Yes, it was a it was a perception deception psyop. Yes, propaganda and perception played a huge part in it. But also, you know, this this components of this virus, there is a virus and, and it has been found in many different countries. It's been isolated. 
how did it spread around the the world so fast? You know, just something, just giving you something to think about. I'm not I'm not coming to any conclusions here with that. Uh, but I'm just I'm just I'm just talking. I'm not I'm not giving I'm not offering any conclusions there with that. Something to think about though. Something to look into. But yes. As far as I just do want to mention, yes, as far as this virus, that perception play, plays a big part in that. But also, once again, I want to be clear that, you know, this isolations of this virus was found in, in many different countries. Something to think about. And you heard Caldera talking about his desire to inject biologicals into clouds to have them rain down on the populations. That's what they. That's what he worked on. This guy does work with Gates. Gates called him his teacher, good teacher, something like that. So you know those are facts. Makes you wonder about a lot of things. Also, uh, a report I think it was like in the 70s was released about the U.S. Uh, government doing open air biological experiments on U.S. civilians. Uh, released, uh, you know, released on Freedom of Information, uh, um, released, it was made a, a, a fact in, in back in the 70s. And I'm sure you can find it on Freedom of Information, you know. So keep all this stuff in mind. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just giving you some facts and I'm not, I'm not throwing out wild conspiracy theories or, or anything. Or what will be called conspiracy theories you know that's just that's another the whole I've been through the whole conspiracy theory word I talked about that last episode the conspiracy theory phrase talked about that last episode how that's a Bernays buzzword and that's just a you know psychological mind trick I mean what is a conspiracy to more people getting together in a commission of a crime what's a theory it's a hypothesis so I mean just just chilling you know, this guy, it's just, it's just chilling how he talks about, I mean, he doesn't say killing people. He doesn't say that, but I mean, he's clearly talking about killing people here, folks. I don't think it, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. It's sick. It's sick. These are the people that work for our U.S. government. You think the you think these people, all, all this stuff, is about protecting us, protecting our freedoms and shit? Come on, man. Seriously. All these weapons that they're developing, you think they're just going to use them on other countries? Which that's not even right in itself. I mean, like the the dropping of the bombs on the Japanese at the end of World War II. Japan had surrendered, folks. Japan was not a, th a threat anymore. And they weren't aggressing towards us. There was no reason to drop that bomb on those innocent civilians. And of course, what, what was, uh, look into it for yourself. Look into the logic. The logic was that we Americans wanted to invade their country so that the civilians are going to actually become combatants because they're actually going to have to defend themselves. God forbid somebody defend themselves when you attack them. So let's just drop a bomb on them like a bunch of fucking cowards. It's disgusting. In 
In fact, folks, look into it. Both uh, Eisenhower and MacArthur opposed the, the dropping of the bombs on the Japanese. A little inside-the-box perspective there. Don't believe me? Look it up for yourself. And here's this caldera just talking about, yeah, just drop the bomb right on the city itself. Why bother putting it in the water? Doesn't make sense. That's, that's who these people are. Fucking immoral. And you still have Americans that still insist, oh, well, we had to drop those bombs on the Japanese. You know what? Maybe we should drop a bomb on you, see how you feel. I mean, there was no reason to drop those bombs on the Japanese from a natural law, objective morality, principled perspective, let alone even the inside the box perspective that Japan had surrendered. I've been over that before. So this is, folks, this is who we've become. You know what, folks? Look into the aftermath videos of, of uh, those Japanese bombings. Keep in mind that there were also absolute immoral war crimes, fire bombings of the Japanese uh, cities like Tokyo. And, you know, also, you know, realize that, you know, one of the stated reasons was to, to intimidate the Soviets. Which I even wonder about that one. Folks, once again, there's 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 rulers of the world that control everything. Secret societies. I've been through it. All these manufactured divisions. I I, I got I want to I, I want to go to this article here and, and finish this up. But <clears throat> it's just. Keep in mind, Americans, America was the only country to ever drop an atomic bomb on actual civilians. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind when Fox News is trying to scare you with propaganda of North Korea firing bottle rockets at us over here in America. Okay? Keep in mind, America was the only country to ever drop an atomic bomb on actual civilians. Keep that in mind. This is who we've become. And we got to change this. And we change this by starting to know, understand, and then align with natural behavior laws. So I'm going to move on. <clears throat> so I'm going to just, I just want to go through this Scientific American article one more time and finish this. The title, Vapor Storms Are Threatening People and Property. More moisture in a warmer, warmer atmosphere is fueling intense hurricanes and flooding rains. And... I'm going through this for three basic reasons because I'm I'm diving into the the <clears throat> I'm I'm looking to break down the condensation trail narrative which I say is is false. I say that almost all of these aircraft dispersions are intentional aerosol dispersions of of uh, aluminum, barium, strontium, to name a couple uh, soft metals as a part of solar radiation management programs, but I'm going inside the box a little bit with the with the climate change narrative, with the condensation trail narrative, and also I want to point out how a lot of this, once again, I've talked about this in past episodes, but a lot of this 
these articles that you'll see in these power structure friendly um, um, institutions and and and, and, um, and uh, yeah, institutions like universities and, and media are covering for climate engineering programs. It's very it's very intricate. They're actually trying to either hide climate engineering programs or they're disguising climate engineering programs where they'll mention something like condensation acts as a cooling effect. I'm going to get in. I think I'm going to get into this. But really what they're talking about is climate engineering programs and aerosol dispersions. And there's a big mix of, of the aerosol. So, you know, I'm just going to get right into it. And I'm just going to break it down. Just folks, you know, I'm going to I make mistakes. I'm not a scientist. I'm not I'm not a, a, a expert or anything. But, you know, this is stuff for you. You look into this more for yourself or you think you can do this better Then by all means, please start your own podcast and start getting this information out to people. So I'm going to start. <clears throat> I have some stuff that I wrote in as well. So I, I got to try to just make sure which one to my to the best of my ability, which is the article and which is myself uh, with my comments. And I'm also going to be paraphrasing the article. I'm not going to be reading word uh, verbatim. So I'll start. What all these destructive events have in common is water vapor and a whole a lot of water vapor uh, water vapor the gaseous form of water h2o is uh, playing a large role in fueling destructive storms and exacerbating climate change now I interject here airplane emit engines emit water vapor okay so here's this article talking about water vapor how it's such a problem but just keep in mind airplane engines emit water vapor okay but many cases the vapor forms ice crystals that then condensate or change back to water vapor Okay, that's the atmospheric process there. Once again, I'm not an atmospheric scientist or anything, folks. I'm just I'm just trying to dig through this a little bit. <clears throat> so, back to the article. Water vapor comes from the evaporation of uh, bodies of water, such as oceans and lakes. Actually, this isn't from the article. This is some information that I picked up from some other power structure articles, um, uh, university, power structure friendly universities with uh, certain articles that they wrote. So many condensation trails go from ice back to vapor when the trail dissipates. So once again, inside the, the box of the narrative of the condensation trail narrative, condensation um, um, water vapor, the, the jet engines emit water vapor. Now, keep in mind, folks, I talked about this in the last episode. These engines are, are these engines on these jet airplanes are turbofan engines, which almost all of the 
almost barely any of the air that goes through these engines is 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 combusted. Most of the air just flows through the engine. It very little. There's very little combustion emissions from these turbofan engines while the plane is in mid-flight. And many of these turbofan engines cycle the air in different ways, but for the most part, these turbofan engines emit very little um, water vapor or um, combustion particles and, and gaseous emissions. So keep that in mind. So you would think that with these turbofan engines, you we would be seeing very little condensation trails. That's what I would think. So there's a lot of confusion and misdirection there and you know, debunkers would say that I'm the one who's confused and I don't know what I'm talking about. So go ahead and debunk me. What, whatever. I don't care. Fuck you. But so I just want to mention that, you know, and this is just from some uh, scientific articles I read, ice crystals attached to soot particles called condensation nuclei. So now also in order at least it seems like for the most part for condensation trails the ice crystals attached to soot particles creating the trail so there has so it almost looks like to me like there has to be particles present at all times you need the particles. Well, these climate engineering particles are the actual intentional dispersion of particles. Makes me wonder if that's not a that if that's not a little uh, just a little smoke and mirrors. There, a little bit of of um, I guess just like misdirection. So. I'm going to continue with the article. <clears throat> this is from the actual article. Scientists have long anticipated that climate change, folks, we're not facing, a, I've been over this, we're not facing a climate change, we're not facing a change in temperature. We're facing a complete and total collapse of all of our life support systems and not, not in, in, in the very near future. Um, so, Scientists have long thought that climate change, and that's that's another, I say this is another trick, the changing from global warming back in the late 90s to climate change, because I think that's when the climate engineering program started ramping up more and it's possible that the military, U.S. military, knew that there was going to be lots of extremes. Uh, weather whiplash. Folks, here in Ocean County, New Jersey, I've seen it at times go from 60 degrees to 10 degrees less than 24 hours. 
I mean, maybe that might be normal on the top of Mount Everest or Mount Kilimanjaro. But down on sea level in New Jersey and in the United States, that's weather manipulation. And for that to happen, and I've seen phenomenon like that regularly. So I think the change from global warming to climate change is kind of like a cover. This is just what I think, <clears throat> a cover for the extreme anomalies. Oh, yeah, going from 60 degrees to 10 degrees in less than 24 hours. Yeah, that's climate change. There ain't no fucking climate change, dude. It's not climate change. Climates change over thousands of years. It's not no climate change. Folks, look, look, look at what's happened in the past. How people say, oh, yeah, you know, the, the, the planet was just fine. It was much warmer in the past. And, yeah, it was. And, and at least that's what records show. Um, and, but that happened over like hundreds of th tens of thousands, hundreds hundred thousands to millions of years. We've gone, we've gone from the formerly lush planet we've had to almost a dead planet within the 200 years. And folks, I would argue, I would think, I would say, you know, all, all that shit you hear from these yo-yos at the IPCC and 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 these whatever the COP, whatever fucking number they're on. It, I mean, it's you know, all these all these uh, rulers from each country going to this stupid event and. and uh, Flying their, you know, Lear jets, which leave massive carbon footprints all over the place to the, to talk about, to, to, to ostensibly talk about cutting greenhouse gas emissions. What a joke, dude. I mean, get out of my face with that, dude. I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I'm all for alternative technologies, but uh, that are synergistic with, with the planet. And, and that does not include so-called renewable energy. Watch Planet of the Humans, dude. I mean, renewable energies is a joke. But, and hey, I'm all for putting a little solar panel outside my house. Don't get me wrong. But as far as a, a panacea to save us, not happening. But, um, um, they're all, you know, they're all hypocrites. It, it's all, it's all a joke, really. I think it's just a cover, just to to keep things going as usual, for a little bit longer. The whole industrialized um, paradigm, just keep it going for a little bit longer. You know, just keep keep things going until the whole fucking planet collapses, and then they'll all go running into their bunkers. Yeah, good luck, guys. Good luck with that. And I also think it's probably behind closed doors talking about climate engineering i'm sure but that's just a little bit more i continue beating that up all right so i i gotta i gotta get through this so once again scientists have long thought that climate change would create more airborne vapor. I've talked about that. You would think 
on a planet that's warming. I mean, of course, the, the, once again, the misdirection of climate change, but a planet that's warming, folks, I definitely think this planet's warming. I th definitely think the thermal energy is building up on this planet. I think, I think, I think it's obvious, and I think also that it's far worse than anyone could ever think the whole one, you know, that the IPCC bullshit 1.5, we got to keep it under 1.5, get the fuck out of here, way over 1.5, man, but <clears throat> that's what I think, um, I think it's the opposite of what people think, people think, oh no, it's not that bad, no, I think it's, I think it's, no, it, I think it is, isn't that bad as the IPCC's 1.5, what they're saying, I think it's way worse, but, um, so, yeah, the the climate change creating more airborne vapor and fueling what they call vapor storms. This is from the article, paraphrasing, that are unleashing more rain and snow on a warming planet. Snow, how about that? That's just kind of bizarre, folks. I've been over that a little bit. Not that it can't snow on, a, I guess, a planet that is warming that's already been cold. But, I mean, it's just, I really think that's another setup. I think that's a, I think that's a setup. I think that's a setup for climate engineering programs and, and artificial ice nucleation. The thing that no one wants to talk about, artificial ice nucleation. No one wants to talk about that artificial ice nucleation. No one wants to talk about that. Once again, go go to, I'm pretty sure, I think I mentioned this a couple times, this website, Chemistry Views. It talks about how, how they make snow on the ski mountains. You don't think they can make that in the sky? <laughs> the U.S. military, their capabilities? I mean, look at what the Chinese military did, popular science, uh, Fox News covering their Chinese military creating snowstorms. What do you think the U.S. military can do? I know I've been over this a bunch of times, but I just have to keep beating this up. And this is going to be it for me, mainly beating all the, you know, talking about all this stuff because I'm going to be moving on. Um, so... Yeah, talking about these vapor storms, folks, these vapor storms, I think that's also the, I think this whole article really is a big climate engineering cover up because these vapor storms, you know, once again, I think on a warming planet, it would be, you would have the vapor in the atmosphere being released more uniform all around, but that's not what you see. You see desertification and then you see certain parts I mean, look at look at the Western United States. Look at look at the Western Canada burning down. And, and then you know, look at the East, Eastern United States, Eastern Canada, just tons of flooding, you know, flooding rains and all that kind of stuff. I would think it would be more uniform. And of course, some power structure hack will say that I don't know what I'm talking about, <clears throat> or someone who just loves their servitude and to the to the masters even if they're not a government shill or whatever but so i'm just going to continue on this is uh from the article uh the 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 vapor carries with it a uh energy called latent heat and the vapor condenses back to liquid forming a cloud or do and there you have it i mean these jet engines emit vapor and it forms the you know the the water vapor from jet engines forms the ice crystals and then that's the intermediate stage called deposition and then the ice turns back to water condensation and and no condensation is not water vapor but many times these these condensation trails so once again inside the box of the condensation trail narrative um 
do turn back to water vapor and this article doesn't even mention the emitting of water vapor from the jet engines doesn't talk about the whole condensation trail phenomenon at all once again from their perspective inside the box of their perspective which once again i've mentioned the nasa and NOAA articles about the the condensation trails how they re reflect heat in the day and, and trap heat at night and continuing on it says that is because vapor is a greenhouse gas and more of it means more warming and then it mentions that the heat that would normally escape at nighttime is trapped and preventing the earth's surface from cooling and that's the aerosols from climate engineering do that the aerosol dispersions from climate engineering programs have that effect I think that may be a little mix and meshing of a covering and yeah this vapor is a greenhouse gas but they're not talking about once again they say all these ridiculous trails you see in the sky are just condensation trails well condensation trails you know there's a lot of water vapor involved in that and a lot of these condensation trails you know turn back to water vapor at least from what I've, I'm understanding and no mention of that no mention of what these trails are doing because once again I think these these condensation trails are aerosol dispersions not condensation trails what they're calling condensation trails are air air aerosol soft metal dispersions intentional dispersions and the article says even though carbon dioxide gets most of the attention water vapor is much more important and destructive in the atmosphere and once again I mean all tra air travel affects our atmosphere and I'm just gonna keep moving on the the heat trapping effect of additional vapor from the article perhaps can uh, offset can be offset by an increase in clouds you know forming um, which I think is also a little bit of covering for climate engineering programs and the clouds reflect the Sun's rays leading to a cooling effect there that's that's stated goals of solar radiation management those are the stated goals of solar radiation management to reflect the Sun's rays leading to a cooling effect so what are they saying that maybe they're saying that oh these clouds these the heat trapping effect of additional vapor could be offset by the increase of cloud formation where, where you know these condensation trails are vapor then they turn to ice crystals and condensate uh, I think turn into cirrus clouds I think that's the condensation the ice turns into water and it condensates that's perhaps that's rain that, that causes the 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 rain um, and <clears throat> you know once again not an atmospheric scientist folks but I just I'm just breaking down this article and, and it's too bad I messed up again um, 
and was uh, doing this episode and I had it on mute and I really had this much better, but I'm going back over it and it's really not as good as I would like it to be. But so once again, from the article, water vapor, uh, actually, this is, this is, uh, from, this is from me, <clears throat> um, water vapor from airplanes produce ice crystals that turn into cirrus clouds. That's, uh, some information that I, that I've looked up and studies have, have shown that ice crystals and cirrus clouds. Okay. So, so once again, uh, um, Water vapor from airplanes produce ice crystals that turn into cirrus clouds, and then, of course, the, those ice crystals can then turn back to water vapor that can then condensate, and I think that's what forms rain. But now these these clouds, uh, I'm mentioning this because these clouds, the, the ice crystals in these cirrus clouds can contain chlorine, which destroys the ozone layer. Keep that in mind, folks. You know, the, all of this aircraft, first thing, Whatever you want to call, I've been over this, whatever you want to call these, these emissions trails, it's pollution, it's mass pollution, not harmless, okay, not natural, okay, uh, uh, um, ice crystals that come from vapor and turning into ice crystals and condensation coming from a jet engine is not natural. Okay, that's not, that's not, that's not, the process is natural, but the jet engine is a human created. And um, the, the, all of this aircraft, all, all of these trails you see are destroying the ozone layer. All of these air, air, all of these trails you see are destroying the ozone layer and water vapor is destructive from what I've seen. I, I mean, you know, go ahead, prove me wrong. But from what I've seen, water vapor itself is destructive to the ozone layer and probably that's why the planet has its own mechanisms where it converts that water vapor to uh to to rain and rains it back down onto the to to the land therefore making you know creating that balance i guess i'm assuming but so keep in mind that these ice crystals and these cirrus clouds that are supposedly once again inside the box of the condensation trail narrative can contain chlorine which destroys the ozone layer and also nitrous oxide is a part of these emissions that destroys the ozone layer nitrous oxide heavily building up in our atmosphere very destructive from at least from what i've read to the ozone layer and of course the article from the article it says we cannot directly control the amount of it water vapor in the atmosphere and um i think that's not true i think they're absolutely manipulating this water vapor i think they're absolutely manipulating this water vapor they the u.s military for to name one with rf frequencies and and they're using <clears throat> these rf frequencies from these ionospheric heaters in different NEXRAD type facilities. Once again, you know, I know this sounds all like what people call the buzzword, the buzz phrase, conspiracy theory, but <clears throat> I'm telling you folks, I absolutely do think that these, these, um, these vapor storms, these massive deluges are manipulated storms. And I, I'm saying, I'm just going to say this, like I've said, I know 
for a fact that the U.S. military has the ability to create snowstorms, rainstorms, to dissipate snowstorms, rainstorms, to manipulate storms. They have the capabilities. I'm not saying that everything, every weather event that happens is the U.S. military doing something, but I'm, but I'm telling you the U.S. military absolutely has the capabilities to, to create and manipulate and control weather. Well, like Johnson said, he who controls the weather control the world, controls the world. And um, you got these articles that um, I say are covers, mix and meshing covers for for climate engineering programs and, and the continuation of the loot plun, pillage and plunder paradigm here on this planet of industrial, you know, our current industrial technologies here on this planet and living the the you know living in the the lifestyle of of the the economy growth economy and all that stuff and and i just try to look into the condensation trail narrative and try to break that down and i think this water vapor article has a lot of mixing and meshing as far as the condensation trail narrative and climate engineering programs. And I guess I'm just going to finish, finish it up with that and just, uh, it's too bad. Cause I, I did this so much. I went over this so much better. Um, before I forgot that I didn't have the volume on <laughs> again, I done that a couple times. I've got a little sticky note on my computer now reminding me, but, um, just that's going to be it for all this stuff. The second half of the definition of my definition of natural law, preservation of a life support systems. <clears throat> um, and I'm just going to play a little audio from, uh, Daniel Wiginton's uh, Global Engineering Watch, uh, Global uh, Alert News broadcast. Uh, this is a a, a, a little uh, a little a, a couple sentences, I guess, like a like a, a narrative that uh, he uh, found on on the internet from an unknown author. So this is the lonely, the lonely road of doing the great work. And I've committed my life to doing the great work. And this is the lonely road of that life. From the Australian project, author unknown. Sometimes it's a curse and not always a blessing to awaken, to be awake. Awakening is the most liberating, alienating, excruciating, empowering, lonely, confusing, freeing, frightening, expansive journey. If you find yourself struggling as you try to process all this insanity, know you're not alone. No one talks about the darkness that accompanies awakening or the grief. Not only grieving the life and illusions you once had, but the realization that almost everything you thought you once knew is a lie. The beliefs you held, the people you've trusted, the principles you were taught, all lies. Shattering illusions are rarely 
an enjoyable experience. There's a deep discomfort that comes with growth. And the grieving process doesn't stop there. With these newfound realizations, you then find yourself grieving all over again. Grieving the loss of many relationships with people who just don't get it. Feeling alone, being ridiculed and shamed, not only by the masses, but for many of us, our very own families and friends as well. A feeling like you no longer have much or anything at all in common with the people you're surrounded by. The struggle with carrying on meaningless, shallow conversations that lack substance with those who are still fast asleep. Even feeling completely disconnected from your entire support system because they can't see what you see. Many understandably even grieve the loss of their ignorance because ignorance is bliss, as the proverb goes, and reality is harsh. Awakening can be, and generally is, a very lonely road, and you'll often find yourself journeying alone. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Awakening to the realities of this world is brutal. It can have you endlessly running through the entire gauntlet of human emotions. And one must learn to master the art of diving down the darkest of rabbit holes, only to come out and still function in daily life. That's a skill people don't talk about enough. This must change. Many are struggling with feeling disconnected from family and friends. It's as though they exist in another world. Again, know that you're not alone. And not only are you not alone, you have an already extensive and rapidly growing legion standing with you.